Hey everyone, this is Tamar and welcome back to a Day on the Journey podcast. I am so excited to be jumping into episode six. With me today, I have my brother in Christ. His name is Gabriel Day. You'll hear me introduce him again when we're actually discussing the topic. However, this is going to be a really good conversation. You're going to want to listen to the end. It is going to be very fruitful. We're just going to jump in and talk about his testimony and his heart for evangelism. So tune in and again thank you for joining and here we go hey everyone this is tamara bradbury welcome back to a day on the journey this is episode six with me today i have one of my brothers in the christ his name is gabe and i'm just going to allow him to introduce himself first and then we'll jump in from there Hello everyone, uh, thank you Tamar. My name is Gabriel Day. Uh, definitely excited to be here. Thank you for sharing your platform with little old me. And I just pray that something that I shared today could you know, encourage someone's heart and draw them closer to the Lord and that ultimately God gets the glory. All right, thank you so much, I'm Gabe. And so we're just gonna start with his testimony. Gabe has a wonderful testimony and then once we share the testimony we're going to segue into his heart for evangelism. So Gabe please tell us your testimony and a little bit about yourself. Well uh, you know I grew up in Rome, New York, upstate New York. It's a town kind of near Syracuse, kind of like right in the middle of the state and growing up when I was born my dad said that the Holy Spirit gave him unction that I was going to be a preacher. Uh, My mom, she said that the the Lord gave her scriptures associated with my name, um, Gabriel Michael Anthony Day. So she named me after two of the angels and added Anthony because she said it had a ring to it. So I, uh, you know, I just was even born with this expectation of what God was going to in me and so growing up I grew up in the church with parents who were in ministry and so being a preacher's kid I was exposed to a lot of the behind the scenes things that happens at church and a lot of the on the scene things that happen and so um, you know up until I was 15 I was just really heavily in church I was somebody who I feel like the Lord at an early age gave a lot of understanding to of scripture and gifted very um, specially I I guess I could say for lack of a better word right now uh, there was just like a special gifting in my life and I felt like I knew what I was called to do very early on Um, but through a series of events you know just going to high school being exposed to different things there and just uh, started hanging on, hanging around the wrong crowd. You know, the Bible says even communication corrupts good manners and uh, started hanging out with the wrong group of people. I ended up actually um, dating uh, a young lady and uh, falling into uh, fornication with her and then she got pregnant and so it was just crazy because I felt like at that moment I had just made the biggest mistake of my life. I felt like, man, like I ruined everything. I got this girl pregnant. My parents are preachers. 
you know, and all of this kind of stuff. So I felt so much shame and so much guilt. I felt like all of the opposite things that God had available for me. I felt I didn't feel the love and the grace and the mercy is like the enemy was trying to use that opportunity to overwhelm me with shame, guilt, and condemnation. And so I ran, you know, I ran away from home. I ran away from the church, ran away from God. And uh, I really went in the total opposite direction. So I started, you know, running around the streets. I stayed with that wrong crowd of people, started getting involved with gang stuff and selling drugs and drinking and smoking and became an alcoholic. And, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, I'm just drunk every day and selling drugs and just trying to trying to make, you know, make enough money to eat and uh, take care of myself. and. You know, it was just, it was just wild. I started dealing with anger and depression. I had a crazy temper and just felt like a, a lot of hopelessness. And that lasted for about 10 years. So by the time I was 25, I really ended up, um, you know, I started off in a, in a very low place as far as the streets are concerned. But by the time I was 25, I felt like I was where I wanted to be. You know, I had I started making money. You know, I had a lot of money that that was coming in, and I had girls who would just basically do whatever I wanted, and guys who, you know, would do whatever I told them to do. You know, um, just like my own little gang. So it was just one of those situations where I felt like I was untouchable, had a lot of pride, but still, you know, driven by anger and and still dealing with depression, still drinking every day, you know, so um, it was just a lifestyle of hopelessness and I felt like I was kinda gonna die in that in that state. I felt like I was gonna either end up dead or in jail, but I was okay with those consequences. And from that point, what was your ultimate turning point that led you back to Christ? So, um, you know, one day I was in the store and I saw my pastor's son, and mind you, I hadn't been in church in a while, but uh, I saw the pastor's son and he asked me a question. He was like, man, don't you want to be saved? And I told him, I want to want to be saved. And I share that because, you know, at the time I had no desire to even be saved. I felt like I was playing the, the hand I was dealt. I felt like I was definitely going to end up suffering the consequences that I had already seen so many in that lifestyle face. And, you know, my heart was hardened. So in my mind, there was just a lock on my mind. So I was willing to accept that as my uh, as my end. And, you know, it's only by the grace and mercy of the Lord because I got a message one day maybe a couple of weeks, couple months after I saw him. And that message was from the pastor's daughter who I hadn't seen in years. And she reached out to me and said, hey Gabe, it's been a long time, huh? I really believe that God wants me to give you this message. So I wanna be obedient to him. He says, choose you this day who you will serve. Mm. And I hope you know I love you, I hope things work out. But when I read that message, it was literally like as if someone threw a blanket over my head and it landed on me. That's how I felt 
God's presence rush me in that moment. Mm -hmm. It was something that I haven't experienced since or prior to that moment. And it was really just me being arrested by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It was the first time in a long time that I saw what I was doing as being wrong. It was the first time in a long time that I even understood that I had a choice to make. Like, the invitation to choose who I will serve was the first time I realized that I didn't have to end up where I knew I was going. So I felt like I was in the middle of a life or death decision. I also felt a great sense of urgency at the same time. And so for me, it was just like I had to surrender. And no, no matter what I was doing, I couldn't shake the feeling. All my mind was thinking was like, if I died right now, nothing's going to matter. It won't matter how many girls I got, how many how many friends I got. It won't matter that my parents raised me in church. It won't matter that my parents are preachers. It won't matter how much money I have. The only thing that's gonna matter is if I have peace with God. The only thing that would matter is if my life was right with the Lord. And so I um, really just couldn't shake that. The next six days that had passed, I, I would drink and couldn't get drunk. I would smoke and couldn't get high. It got to the point where I didn't even want it. I just knew I had to give my life to God. And so it was one of those moments where I could no longer run and I couldn't escape. So I reached out to the pastor and I ended up going to his house at like one o'clock in the morning. And at one o'clock in the morning, 1.30 I think it was, we sat outside and talked and I was sharing with him different things that was going on. And we prayed together and when we prayed, I surrendered my life to Christ. And um, you know, it was like, instant deliverance God really set me free from from uh, you know the, the addiction of smoking weed the addiction of drinking the addiction of sex he set me free from all of these chains of bondage and uh, you know I guess segueing into what drives my heart for evangelism or I, I well before we get there before we get there, <laughs> yes, before, we get there. See, before we get there we're going to talk about that but I wanted to <laughs> ask a question really quickly so for someone who does does not know like the Lord or they even feel like they do know the Lord how did you identify that what you were doing was actually sin well there's a twofold answer to that I think me personally the reason why i knew it was sin was because i was brought up in church and i was exposed to those teachings at a young age but i think for someone who doesn't know see god gave us all a conscience if you take the word conscience and break it down con means with and science means knowledge so con science your conscience means that everything that we do we do it with knowledge we're born with this uh, conscience that tells us right from wrong when you tell a baby no, mm -hmm. and it does it anyway and runs away, it runs away because it knows that it just did something that it wasn't supposed to do, you know what right. I mean? So I think that even if you've never read the Bible or know scriptures or anything like that, you have a general understanding of right and wrong. And I think that it's not until we find ourselves in environments where we continue to ignore our conscience, where that conscience begins to get seared and we start... Um, operating under a, 
hundred different code of ethics. I, I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I just wanted to make sure that everyone had just kind of an understanding of, you know, like he was talking, Gabe was talking earlier about like our choices and what he was called to do and what he recognized was sin and how we do that. One, I think I also want you to talk about before we get into like your heart for evangelism, I also wanted you to talk about the need and necessity for the Holy Spirit. Like I know that you said that someone asked you like choose him this day you will serve you know but i was like you can't really fulfill your call or evangelize or all these things without actually being filled with the holy spirit can we touch on that before we jump into evangelism sure absolutely and uh even before i even say that i do want to say one thing about sin for people who are believers as well you know, uh, for someone who's not a believer, it's, you know, if you've never been exposed to the teaching and everything else, I, I had already said that, you know, sin is just kind of, you know, we have the conscience to let us know from right from wrong. But as a believer, you know, the, the definition of sin biblically is transgression against God's law. So someone who doesn't know God's laws necessarily, um, to help you out if you look at a bullseye the middle of the bullseye where the red you know target is is called the bullseye but that outer ring is called sin one and then the next ring around that is called sin two mm. and then sin three and so sin could also be defined as missing the mark mm -hmm. you know and there's a lot of areas in our life we might not be blatantly doing this that or the third but some areas we may be, be falling short and missing the mark and those are areas where we need to surrender those things to the lord for his strength for his grace to you know to meet the mark to press toward the mark that's not something that we'll do on our own volition it takes the work of the holy spirit mm -hmm. within us that will conform us to the image of christ it'll renew our minds it'll you know help us to be submitted help us to be surrendered because this is the necessity of the holy spirit the the mark to meet is something that is impossible to do apart from god mm -hmm. and so man's righteousness is as filthy rags our best attempts of living holy or living a life that is upright and pleasing to the Lord, even in our best attempts, it's futile. Yeah. We're totally depraved. We cannot do it without God, without the Holy Spirit. So um, we need the Holy Spirit because it's literally by the Holy Spirit that we are able or empowered to live lives that are pleasing to the Lord and live lives of service to the Lord, you know? So it's an absolute necessity to be led by the Spirit so that we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh because mm -hmm. they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Yeah. And so once you realize that your life, you were born, you were created to bring worship and glory to the Lord and you realize that you can't do it on your own and that he has sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to be able to do it, then you know, it's it's 
it's as simple to understand as ABC. I need the Holy Spirit in order to fulfill the call that's on my life to do what God's created me for. Apart from that, it is impossible. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it's a necessity. Yeah. He's a necessity. Yes, he is a necessity. The Holy Spirit is a necessity. Thank you so much for explaining that. And so I want to kind of jump in now to Gabriel's is it Gabe or Gabriel? You want to... it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Okay. So I want to jump into his heart for evangelism. Like you heard his testimony, uh, but like Gabe is really multifaceted in how he spreads the gospel. And I can literally say that he's actually put his feet to his prayers and actually li- is living his testimony out. And I'm just going to let him fill you in on that. And as you're talking about that, I've touched on the just importance of the ministry of reconciliation and what that looks like. Thank you. Well, the Bible calls us ministers of reconciliation and, you know, we're reconciling souls back to God. You know, um, I think what drives my heart of evangelism is just understanding the love of the Father. You know, being someone who ran away from him when I was in sin and ran away from him when I made mistakes and did things that weren't pleasing, I think has given me a better understanding of where other people may be. There's people who may be running because they're ashamed of the life they live or, you know, they're disappointed in different things or they feel unworthy, they unworthy, they feel, you know, rejected or whatever it is. They feel condemned and hopeless. And I think that as being someone who has felt all of those things, but realized that it was a trick of the enemy to take me away from the Father. Um, I just want to do a better job of expressing the Father's heart for those who he he loves. You know, it's like a rescue mission. Jesus Mm -hmm. said he came to seek and to save that that which was lost. Seeking requires searching, you know, and and saving is, is rescuing. So... I look at it like a a rescue mission. If someone was lost at sea and they sent people to seek and save them, they would be sending those people out on a rescue mission to to find and to rescue those individuals. And I think that many of us are lost at sea, drifting, drowning, and and Christ wants us to be um, snatched out of that situation and placed on a on a firm foundation. He is the solid rock. And I think also because I'm a a person who was indulging in sin Mm. and a person who was, um, you know, Apostle Paul put put it like this. He was like, Christ uh, came to save sinners among whom I am chief. He looked at himself as the chief of sinners. You know, he was Mm. the one who was who was doing the most. And I felt like I was also one of those individuals, someone who was in the world doing the most. And I feel like if God could save me, if he could save me, Gabriel Day, then he could save anybody. Because, you know, a lot of people may not have been, um, I want to say so far away, but like just so far away, Mm -hmm. you know. And if he could reach me, he can reach anybody, you know. And so I feel like that's kind of what drives my heart for evangelism because there are so many people who don't realize the access that they have through the blood of Christ to be forgiven, to be cleansed and washed clean, Mm -hmm. to be saved and delivered. 
you know, he came to set captives free. Yeah. And so I think that his blood is worthy of getting the full redemption, um, you know, the full redemptive power of it expressed through as many people as possible. You know, so I don't want one drop of his blood to be wasted. And I think that, uh, you know, in it is, is enough saving and healing and redeeming power for the entire world. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, and also that he wishes that none would perish, but right. all come to repentance. So it's really just kind of like expressing my gratitude for, the, for what the Lord has done in my life mm-hmm. and wanting so many others to be able to receive the same grace, mercy, and revelation of his love. Right, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that also. So one of the things, and I know he did, Gabriel didn't mention this, but one of the things that Gabe does in the community is like he is active like on the outreach team and other other areas as well. And also his music evangelizes as well. So for someone who are just trying to find and navigate how they can kind of, you know, be the part or be the answer, what is one of the practical ways that you would advise them to do that? Well, you know, I think that um, a lot of people are looking for things to do, but often it's just focusing on the becoming. I, I always say that upward revelation leads to inward transformation and inward transformation leads to outward demonstration. What I mean by that is that once you have a right view of God or receive revelation of who he is, receive revelation of who you are in him, who he's empowered you to do, who's he, who he's empowered you to be, those things change you on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old older saints used to say something on the inside, working on the outside. Okay. You know, it's one of those things where you could find yourself trying to do a whole lot of things, but mm-hmm. it's better when you become molded into the image of who God's created you to be because what you do will be a byproduct of who you become mm. versus like you trying to be somebody by doing something. Right. A lot of times we just do it backwards and I think that just focusing on becoming who God's called you to be will cause you to stand in the gap in certain areas, rise up in certain moments and just uh be available for certain things and prioritize what is most important and so it's hard to do it it's tiresome and wearisome when you're trying to do it without it being who you are but um i think that it becoming who you who you are automatically um impacts what you do Mm, that's good Thank you. And so we're going to wrap up here in just a little bit. I got a couple more questions and then I'm just going to ask Gabe if you have a couple more words to encourage you. And I am going to ask him to pray for those who have a heart for evangelism and, and don't really know what that looks like in their life. But can you, how would you describe apathy and compassion for the lost, for those who have a heart for evangelism or even evangelizing right now and not to sink into apathy having a right definition of what that looks like apathy and compassion mm-hmm. you said? okay so <clears throat> apathy just that lack of interest i think often stems from maybe like a lack of revelation um 
it could be a lot of different things that make us apathetic or disinterested in the things of God, but I think those are moments where we need to do sincere heart checks to ask ourselves, why are we not concerned with the things that he's concerned about? Why are we not prioritizing the things that he sees as most important? And why are we not excited about what he wants to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I think passion, stand, passion to me is a reflection of closeness because if a husband's close to his wife, he can become passionate about the things that she's passionate about and vice versa. She might not like football, but if her husband likes football, she might she might find herself watching the game with him and cheering for the team that he's cheering for um, because of, of closeness. And so I think that the closer that you are to the father, the more impartation of his heart you can receive. And you'll find that he has a heart for the lost. He has a heart for the broken. Um, the Bible even tells us like those that are of a broken spirit and a contrite heart, he'll draw nigh to them. Um, he's near the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. There's just so many scriptures. He, it even says that he's married to the backslider. So, right. so many scriptures let us know that um, even even the Lord's hands not shortened that he cannot save, neither is his ears heavy that he cannot hear. But mm-hmm. it's it's the sin that has separated us. Right, and so, right. you know, identifying what the actual issues are and just wanting to be agents of change for the world today, um, walking in the callings that God has placed on our lives and doing the things that bring glory to him, you know, everything is unto his glory. If mm-hmm. it's not for his glory, then what is it actually for? Right. And so, um, again, I think the apathy just kind of comes in when we, when we begin to, to get distant from him. All right. One more question and I'm going to list him pray us out <laughs> but in your opinion what would you say is just one of the biggest distractions for this generation i think this generation is honestly i mean that's a heavy question to ask because i think that distractions come in various forms for various people And it's like, are we talking about the generation of Americans or the generation of, you know, uh, Ukrainians, which might have a completely different distraction. So Mm -hmm. I think that uh, in America, she's like, I'm talking about here, (laughs) right here. No. So I think in America, we have access to too many things that really pull our attention in various ways. Um, I think that in a room where if you're in an empty room with nothing but a chair and a television it'd be easy for your eyes to be focused on that television Mm. but if you're in a room where there's you know one chair a television some art an ipad a phone and i mean the more things that you place in the room the more divided your attention becomes yeah that's good so I think that we've made room for everything but God in our lives. You know, we've made room for relationships, for careers, for ambitions, for talents, gifts, hobbies, everything that we desire, but we haven't made room for God. And so the things of God become less of a priority or they become 
something that we do in addition to everything that's on our plate. We try to balance it in addition to everything that we want to do instead of allowing him to have first place and everything else to flow from a posture of having God first and, um, you know, just seeking to do and fulfill his will. So I think that that's pretty much like why a lot of us are distracted is because we've allowed our eyes to kind of wander from just that upward gaze of, you know, his glory and living for his glory and, um, you know, just kind of, kind of drifting into that state of com comfort and being a little more casual about what we're doing instead of instead of keeping that sense of urgency. All right, so last remarks to the people. What would you say overall about evangelism or just like you were saying, just having that right view of God and connecting our gaze back with him, what would be your encouragement? And then right after that, you can just um, pray us out. And then also, you know, if you want to say anything regarding how people can get like connected, even because Gabe has an album <laughs> also. So I wanted to share that as well, but it just, just pray us out from there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to say thank you tomorrow for allowing me to on your podcast and I just pray that God continues to bless it I pray that these messages reach those who he's called um, you to impact and affect and I just uh, pray that something that I said today could be a blessing to someone out there so if you're listening and you would like to connect um, you can find me on Instagram or most social media at Gabriel M.A. Day my website is GabrielMADay.com and um, I do have music on all the digital service providers. You can just look up Gabriel Day and you can pretty much uh, find it from there pretty easily. But um, for those of you who feel distant and disconnected, I just want to let you know that God is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere. He is with you. He sees you. He sees what you're going through. He sees what you're dealing with. And he's greater than those things. Um, for those who have lost their passion and desire for evangelism, I just want to encourage you to get fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Um, and honestly, that's what it's all about. It's just sharing with the world who Jesus is. Sometimes we just need a refilling of the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, um, so that we, so that we get that unction. And, you know, I just think that when it comes down to it, it's a daily walk. So every day that you wake up, you have to make the decision that you are going to invite God to get the glory out of your life in whatever way he sees fit every single day and one day at a time. You know, sometimes we get too focused on too far in the future mm -hmm. and tomorrow's not even promised. And That's so true. I think that if you just focus on every single day, step by step, walking with the Lord, you'll find that every day is sweeter than the day before, you know, and as you grow in your relationship with him and grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, that you'll have a desire to give him glory um, and you'll just, you know, grasp greater revelations each day of his, his, his majesty. And so 
Um, I'm just gonna pray and, uh, and and pass the mic. So, <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just love you and we thank you, God. I just pray that Lord that this message reach um, who you called to hear it, God, and that hearts are touched, that lives are changed, oh God, that people are blessed, that souls are saved, Lord, and ultimately that you get the glory, Lord. I just ask even now, Lord, if there's anyone out there who feels like they're hopeless or feels like this wrestle with addiction or feels like their wrestle with shame, guilt, condemnation, any of those things that the enemy tries to use to pull people away from you, Lord, that their hope is restored in you today, that they understand that Christ is the answer, that there is hope in Christ, oh God. And I, I just ask that, Lord, that our faith is totally placed fully on you, oh God, that we realize that we can't make it without you, God, but we can't do anything without you, God, but it is in you that we move, breathe, and have our very being, oh God. And I just ask, Lord, that as we go, Lord, that you just uh, let your word resonate let the seeds that were planted take root god and that uh you give increase oh god in the name of jesus lord save such that should be saved oh god in the name of jesus we give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise in jesus name amen 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 i really hope you all were encouraged again thank you for tuning in to a day of the journey and thank you gabe it is an honor <laughs> and a privilege to even have you here speaking on this i really appreciate your heart for saying yes um but we again uh, go and follow him go get his album um but most of all like what's important is just your relationship with god with god that is again Focusing on him and everything else will follow. The Bible says, seek the kingdom first and everything else shall be added. That is so, so true. But when you strive in a way, you know, for anything else like idols, right? Anything else in the world, don't idolize things, but seek the heart of the Father and the Holy Spirit will lead and direct you into all truth. So again, thank you, Gabe, for coming and thank you all for tuning in. And I hope you all were encouraged and you have a blessed one. Bye.